the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes. caught, touchdown, did he get it? Welcome aboard, Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson, on a Tuesday, or at least I think it's a Tuesday. I can't keep track anymore. (laughs) Usually I keep track based on what press conferences are happening or what games are happening, but I don't know. It's hard. I guess I know it's Tuesday because that's when I knew that U.S. was playing their game against Iran, or Iran, excuse me. Iran. 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 Yeah, sorry. I'll I'll pronounce it however I uh, however I'm, I remember. I try to pronounce things correctly, but don't get on me too much when I mess up. <laughs> I still can't pronounce the names of the people I root for properly, so <laughs> don't expect me to get the people I don't root for properly. But a lot going on early in the week. Uh, obviously, we have United States advancing to the knockout stage of the World Cup. Um. It's the first time they did it since 2014, as you heard, but that was also the last time they were in the World Cup. Granted, they missed one of the World Cups in between, so obviously that was certainly a failure on their part. But they get back. Uh, They score two goals in group play and still advance somehow, which is absurd. I know. I mean... They were were in a pretty easy group. That certainly uh, facilitated that. Yeah, that helps. I mean, when you really only win one game, one to zero... But you say you were undefeated through three games? Unbeaten. That's the term. You're unbeaten. It just sounds weird. <laughs> it just is not. I mean, that's soccer for you. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've also got a lot, a lot going on in this show. We're going to have uh, Utah State Volleyball head coach Rob Nielsen. Uh, his team won the Mountain West Conference Tournament over the weekend. And uh, so they're bringing home some hardware and some championship rings. Their season's not over. They're going to be heading to play Arkansas, I believe. I forgot to actually look up where they're playing this because I saw one that said they're heading west to uh, play that game. And so I think they're probably playing it somewhere in California, I imagine. But I forgot to look up where it's happening. Uh, I was even looking at the match notes earlier the, uh, earlier today. You'd think I would have noticed where the game was playing because I literally looked at the piece of paper that had that information <laughs> on it. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. So we'll have a conversation with him at the uh, the top of the 5 o'clock hours when uh, we have that scheduled. Uh, also, we'll do a bit of preview of the USU men's basketball schedule for December. Uh, their next game won't be until next month. I mean, two days away, but <laughs> next month. December 1st against Utah Tech, and we'll go over some of the schedules. I'll have a uh, full preview of the entire month coming out uh, probably tomorrow. We'll give you a sneak peek to, to some of the stuff I've been looking up. Um, and just just so much more. And the, the all-conference, I don't know if I mentioned that already. The Mountain West all-conference teams came out today. So we'll, we'll certainly be leading with that. And I guess on that note, let's just, let's just start with that. 
the Mountain West Conference, uh, all conference teams, Utah State had overall nine players um, honored. Four of them were on one of the first or second teams. Then they had five players um, receive honorable mention. And I forgot to put them all right down in front of me. But uh, the first and second team I can remember, surely, it was um, Alfred Edwards was named first team. He was the only Utah State player to get first team. Yes. Then they had three on the second team, and it was Brian Cobbs, Calvin Tyler, and Ike Larson, the freshman. Yes. One of, I believe, three freshmen to be named to one of the first or second teams. New Mexico had a couple. They actually had a defensive back. So there were two freshman defensive backs on the second team, and then their freshman kick returner which is different from the defensive back. Sometimes there's overlap there, but this was, it was a different guy. I think he was second-team kick returner. Mm. So Ike Larson. Ike Larson, he'll be in contention for like maybe freshman All-American. Uh, that, that's something that uh, Utah State's certainly pushing for. Freshman of the year from the Mountain West went to Boise State's quarterback. Yeah. Which, okay, I get it. Yes. It's, it's quarterback bias. That's, that's really what it comes down to with that because you feel like over the course of the season – Ike Larson was just so spectacular and so impactful, but freshman quarterback on the team that's going to be in the championship game. That was undefeated in conference play. Yeah. You just you just give it to him no matter what. Yes. And he played good, so like it's not just that he was the quarterback. He did play well. He did. He did. But, yeah, Ike Larson, a little surprised he didn't end up on the first team based on the type of season that he had impacting the game in so many different ways, not just in tackles, but also in interceptions. He had one return for a touchdown, punt blocks, field goals, uh, uh, blocks that he was involved with. Um, so he he affected the game in a lot of different ways. So a little surprised he didn't make the first team. Not surprised that he's on one of the teams, but um, a, a little surprised he wasn't a first-teamer based on the season he put together in his redshirt freshman year. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's a guy who was second, tied for second in interceptions. There were two people who had four interceptions. The leader in the conference, I forgot to actually write his name down, but there was, he had five interceptions, so Michael Larson certainly wasn't far behind. The three blocked punts, I don't know if anybody else in the conference had more than one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, basically creating two touchdowns, one himself with a pick six and another blocking a punt that was – return for a touchdown, I think maybe there was just some bias against the fact that he didn't start until later in the season. That's probably what it came down to. Oh, he didn't start, so... He didn't have as many games played as some of these other guys. And it's such he he didn't have as many tackles, maybe, as some of these other defensive backs. But even still, he had some of the numbers. So, like, they couldn't keep him off the team entirely. I wouldn't put it past the Mountain West to do that, to just (laughs) leave him off, because the Mountain West is dumb. And granted... Uh, we want to go right into snubs. Well, uh, there were snubs. Yeah, there was one big one. Yeah, uh, they did mention. So we mentioned who was on the first team and, and second team, and they did list some honorable mentions: Hunter Reynolds, Chandler Dolphin, Daniel Grishik, M.J. Tafisi, and uh, Terrell Vaughn were on the honorable mention. Yeah, but t- where's Byron Vaughn's? Well, Byron Vaughn. The thing is. He's somebody that you have to watch because he doesn't have very good stats. And I think that's what hurts him as far as the voting. He has barely any stats at all. So he probably should have been honorable mention. But the fact that he wasn't, I can kind of see why. It It's born of 
you know, lack of stats, lack of knowledge, which theoretically, if you're voting for all conference, maybe you should know, but still. Right, because of his play, other guys get tackles for loss. Because of his pressure, he uh, affects the game in ways that don't show up on a stat sheet. So that's what's, uh, for me, that's one of the biggest snubs here is uh, him getting left off. Well, to me, the, the biggest snub is not so much someone who wasn't didn't appear on the uh, all-conference, the fact that he wasn't higher on, and that's Hunter Reynolds. He shouldn't be an honorable all-men, you know, whatever, honorable mention. Mm. He should be first or second team. This is a guy who was 10th in the league in tackles. He had three picks, had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. He was named an honorable mention All-American by PFF. <laughs> it's yes. comparable in a way. It's not quite as egregious as what I'm about to mention, but it was like in, I think, 2018, David Woodward was like third-team AP All-American, first-team PFF All-American, defensive player of the year by PFF for the, the Mountain West, at least maybe even uh, somewhere up there close as far as the nation. And he was like second-team. All Mountain West. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> right. bunch of bull honky that ever existed. That was bad. And it's one of a thousand reasons that the Mountain West Awards tend to be a joke. Well, A.J. Vonkpachan is another who should have been on here. Yeah. Uh, he- I mean, I thought, I mean, it's nice that M.J. Tafisi is on there. But honestly, if I were to compare M.J. Tafisi and A.J. Vonkpachan side by side, based on their impact and overall play, A.J. Vonkpachan was a more impactful player. MJ Tafisi missed the last three games, uh, and AJ Vonkuchan didn't, and they were side by side in the uh, you know total tackles in the conference top five for a good stretch of the season. So uh, that's another one that really shocks me that he got left out. Yeah, Vonkuchan. So he has ninety two tackles. He had almost twice as many tackles as one of the guys on the second team, Vince Sanford, for Air Force. He had fifty tackles. Vonkuchan had ninety two. And the guy had, uh, like, one more tackle for loss and a few more sacks, but was like, okay, why is Vong Pachong not up there? Like, say, second team. Like, Vong Pachong wasn't one of the best linebackers, but, you know, second team, maybe honorable mention. He said twice as many tackles. Like, if it was, you know, a difference of five, ten tackles, okay. I understand. Tackle stats aren't the end-all, be-all, and can be pretty iffy to begin with. But twice as many? That's a symptom of, oh, Air Force has a good record. So we need to reward the players on that team for the season they had. Rather than this was an impact player who had a good season, regardless of the record. And that's kind of a lazy default, and it always drives me crazy. I, I get it. Like, good teams, you know, teams with good records – it's a result of good players and how they play and how they execute. But there are some really good, impactful players on teams that don't have the same kind of record. And you take them out of the mix, how much worse off would that team be without that guy? Yeah, and I can understand that thing, and I fall into that trap too. I've voted on, you know, like there's all-region uh, here in in the Valley, different all-region teams, or I did several the Herald-Journal as well, voting for that, and I fall into that trap too sometimes. But okay, where was that last year? Utah State had three people voted like between the first and second teams, and they won the Dadgum <laughs> Conference. I know they hadn't won it yet when the awards came out, 
But they were in the championship game at that point, and they had three. So, like, okay, Air Force finishes, what, second, third in the in the division? And they're linebacker with 50 tackles. Partly because a couple of the guys who got picked, like uh, Daniel Grishik, there was, there was a guy who had, he had more tackles for loss and sacks than uh, Scott Matlock of uh, Boise State. At least I think it was Boise State. But Matlock was second team last year. So, I guess, benefit of the doubt. And Sanford, I think he was also second team last year. So it's like there's all these biases that for some reason only seem to be going against Utah State. It's like, all right, well, he's on a good team, so we have to pick him. Well, what about last year when Utah <laughs> State was the best team in the conference and they had three people on the first and second team? And, you know, this year when they're a, you know not as good team, oh, we have to put the good players on there. It's like, of course, then they end up with four on the first or second team in a year where they weren't nearly as good. So it's just like, what is going on with the Mountain West Awards? I just can't stand it. Well, it, it, the uh, the conference voters loved San Diego State. Like there were a lot of Aztecs on that first and second team, and San Diego State was a decent team, but they weren't great. I mean, I could think of several other guys who had very solid, impactful seasons uh, or season, and and they get left out. I mean, San Diego State was five and three in conference play. Yeah. Utah State was five and three in conference play. Yeah, San Diego. But you look at that first and second team, and it's littered with Aztecs. Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous how much they love the Aztecs because they end up giving Coach of the Year to uh, San Diego State last year when Blake Anderson, literally winning the conference, turning his team around from a dumpster fire of twenty twenty. Oh, such a huge turnaround, and didn't get the respect that he yeah. needed. And so it's just like, why? And you have this in basketball where they gave the player of the year not to Namiyash Keda, who was the best player in the conference by far, and they just hand it to the, you know, nominally the best player, at least the guy who averaged the most points on San Diego State's basketball team. Even though San Diego State was a better team, obviously, but the best player was on Utah State. And it's just like, what is going on? <laughs> it's probably going to happen again this course. San Diego State is by far the best team, but the best player? Well... Hunter Maldonado on Wyoming might end up being the best player, possibly. But there's certainly guys in San Diego State who do that as well. Yeah. But they're probably just going to get it automatically. Maldonado could average 30 points a game, and they'd still give it to San Diego. Again, I, I have a serious problem. Like, I don't always have this much of a problem with, with voting. It's just the fact that it's so obvious. Every bit of evidence points toward certain conclusions. But you fall back on stupid voting conventions. And I see this in you know the NBA MVP race. Like last year, there was a fuss over Nikola Jokic winning MVP or you know being in the conversation. There were people whose entire argument, beginning to end, only, you know, reputation of Jokic winning MVP was, well, he can't win it back-to-back years because he's not a legend. He's not Larry Bird. <laughs> He's not, you know, David Robinson. He's not Michael Jordan. He's not LeBron James. And that was their only argument. And so that that's when it when it comes to certain voting conventions, which happen in these award seasons. Yeah. And they happen in, you know, in a lot of different ways where it's just like, all right, we have to vote based on these weird criteria. And this happens in ranking voting as well. Like in the AP poll. Like let's say the number two team loses to the number three team by, like, two points. Well, number two falls all the way to, like, number five. 
and a bunch of teams who maybe didn't even play that week jump up ahead of them. Like, why? Number two lost to number three. All right, flip them. Right, it's good teams yeah. playing each other. Shouldn't be that much of, much of a uh, a penalty. Yeah. For losing that kind of a game. Yeah. Or say two lose, or say three loses to two. Okay, that's where they should be. They were clearly not better than number two, but even if number three had lost number four at some or he had beaten number four at some point, it's like there's these weird voting conventions that I absolutely can't stand. And we're seeing it again with these awards. And overall, I'm not that upset with these things. Hunter Reynolds should have been the second team, but whatever. But still, the fact that this keeps happening, and it's happened worse, it's just it's just another straw on the back. <laughs> and eventually, it's going to blow over. If, if this rant I just went on isn't already completely blowing over. Uh, well, let me ask you, or just our audience, you know, just is there... Uh, we've mentioned, you know, I've mentioned A.J. Vong Bachan should have been on the list, or Byron Vaughns. Uh, anybody else that you think shouldn't have been recognized, uh, whether on a first team or second team, or at least honorable mention for the Mountain West? 435-339-0321. Uh, did have a couple texts uh, come through. One, actually, that we missed last night um, from 5338 uh, said, Sean Bairstow is someone who has really struggled to start the season. Why is he having difficulties? Yeah, this is one where it's a, a little disappointing where we thought, you know, Sean Bairstow was potentially, I was pumping him up as a guy who could maybe have a Justin Bean-like jump, and that's not happened, although it was very much dependent on one thing. And I need to look up the exact stats here. I know the general trend in my head, but it was very much dependent on him shooting well from three. To make that kind of jump, he would have had to shoot well from three. So I think he's the guy who could average... 8 to 10 points. I think I projected him at just under 10 points in my preseason projection, just mapping everything out, which is about what he did. I think it was maybe just over 10 points, actually, because last year he had 9.5 points, and he was doing that shooting 12.5% from three. And this year I thought, okay, if he shoots a little bit better, he can, um, you know, if he shoots high 20s, low 30s from three, is able to shoot a little bit better. Or if he makes a jump back like the 36% he was shooting early in his career. Like his first two seasons combined, he shot like 36%. If he's able to do that, he could jump all the way to, you know, 13, 14 points. But, right, you know, from yeah. 12 to 15. Yeah. That was kind of not taking into account the fact that, that Stephen Ashworth would average like 19 points <laughs> and that Taylor Funk was going to average 18 because I had Taylor Funk uh, projected at like 15 points. But... One of the things I was worried about when, when projecting Sean Berso's point total is, is I've brought this up from last year where he was among the league's best. I think he was top 30, maybe even top 25, in finishing at the rim. He was shooting in the high 70s in shots at the rim. And he's not doing that this year. He's, he's not you know maintained that elite level, which is one thing I was worried about. Because usually when you're like projecting people into the next season, you tend to like say, all right, he's going to do everything good that he did last year, and then he's going to fix everything he did wrong. Well, that's never the case. Usually there's a balancing act. They might improve on some things, but if somebody has a year like Sean Berster, where he's one of the best in the league at finishing at the rim, well, he's probably not going to do that again. And he's not. And so he's slightly raised his three-point shooting to 25%. 
Granted, he hasn't made a three since the season opener against UVU. He's gone 0 for 6 since then. Mm. Um, and he's not been elite in terms of his finishing at the rim. So that's why Barristow's struggling right now. The thing he was really good at last year that helped him manufacture some buckets and get him some points, that helped him average nearly 10 points per game, well, he's not doing that. And he's also not improving the area that he was struggling in last year, at least enough. So that's part of what we're seeing from Sean Barristow. There's a possibility to recover for him. I like what I'm seeing out there. His ability to manufacture some buckets, back some people down, and get shots at the rim, you know, because he's a 6'8 guard. You know, I think there's room for him to bounce back. It's not a guarantee, but I think it's possible he'll be able to bounce back, be efficient, get a few more buckets, and be, you know, much more positive for this team on offense. Yeah, I I wouldn't be giving up on him. I, yeah, he has been struggling a little bit, but I think he still has that upside. I think he we know his potential. Um, and so yeah, there, some of the pressure is off where maybe it was – he was feeling it a little bit more earlier. Um, I don't know. Maybe he still has that pressure on him, but it doesn't need to be there because Funk is playing so well and Akin is contributing and Ashworth off the bench and Shulga's had some good games. and So there, there are other guys who are scoring and can do different things for this team. But if, Shul, if uh, Barstow uh, gets into that double-digit point range where we – we believe that he can be uh, with some outside shooting, but continuing to attack the rim and putting pressure on opposing defenses. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to continue to help this team in other ways where there's a lot of outside shooting going on, which can open the lane for someone like him to attack. And so that's just an adjustment he needs to continue to watch for. And I think he'll get there. Yeah. Now we're going to cut to a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Utah jazz there. Um, well, Struggling a little bit. <laughs> just just a little. Uh, we'll get to a couple more of your texts. Do you have any thoughts on the Mountain West All-Conference teams or the Utah Jazz, whether or not they should actually start tanking now that the magic seems to have died off? Uh, we'll get to that next here on 106.9 The Fan. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring it back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. Hi, this is Jeff John, head golf professional at Logan River Golf Course. It's time once again for our annual holiday pass sale. We have all of our season passes as well as punch passes on sale at the lowest prices of the season. Adult and senior season passes, junior passes, adult and senior punch passes on sale. We have all of our merchandise in the shop on sale from 10 to 40% off. Hats, shoes, assorted clubs, men's and ladies wear, gloves, and of course golf balls which make great stocking stuffers. Happy holidays from all of us at the Logan River Golf Course. Play well, play fair, play fast. For those who spend their time outside, find the gifts that go at Cash Honda Yamaha. ATVs, side-by-sides, motorcycles, and all the accessories to go with them. Fox and fly riding gear, casual wear, helmets. In fact, Cash Honda Yamaha has all helmets on sale now. Plus goggles, gloves, hats, riding gear, and heated grips. Even ATV and UTV snowplows. The gifts that go are found at Cash Honda Yamaha at the Light in Hyde Park. 
Tis the season, and if you're getting engaged, bring that special someone to S.E. Needham Jewelers. You'll love our extensive selection of beautiful engagement rings. Also, you'll select a diamond from Utah's largest selection of loose diamonds. You'll find a unique ring at an affordable price with diamonds direct from Antwerp, Belgium at internet pricing. It just doesn't get better. And you may also take advantage of our 12-month interest-free financing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Hi, this is James with White Pine Funerals. We're excited to host our annual holiday concert featuring a choir and musical ensemble by Jay Richards. All are welcome to attend free of charge. We extend a special invitation to anyone who is missing a loved one this holiday season. Food donations are encouraged at the door for the Cash Food Pantry. Back-to-back performances will take place at White Pine on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. That's Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Coward. Season's over for the Packers. The Titans play like Mike Vrabel looks. Then there's the Packers. Hipster quarterback. Young, good-looking, cool coach. Zero tenacity. Zero resilience. I'm not sure they trust each other. I mean, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers coming up to Mike Vrabel on the sidelines? This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back in. Full court press already in progress. Uh, talking about Mountain West all-conference teams. We'll talk a little bit of Utah Jazz. Uh, I do have a couple of your texts um, want to get to, if I can find the right mouse. It's too many over there. Yeah. Having babies. Um, 9315 with, uh, with a couple of texts in. says uh, Utah State was kind of snubbed with players' uh, awards in football. Uh, glad USA beat uh, Iran. <laughs> no, it's iron. Iron. <laughs> I-R-O-N. I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. <laughs> he did, and good one. <laughs> um, but Texas speech has uh, royally messed up some of the text people have tried to send in. Yes, it it's, uh, becomes entertaining sometimes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, on a more sober note, 9 through and 5 Ellis Texans says, can't believe all the people that died to make the, the venue for soccer. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people that died. Really? Yeah, like Qatar has a basically a modern slavery <laughs> essentially oh. with migrant workers and how that happens and there's a lot of human rights issues with the World Cup. Yes. Like I literally I considered boycotting the World Cup over it. But then I made plans with my brothers to watch it. So it's like it was a serious conversation I had with myself whether or not I should watch it 
wow. talk about it, there's a real problem. Wow. That's too bad. It's really too bad. So, And you don't hear about it from Fox's coverage because they're all glowing and whatnot because Qatar Airways is sponsoring them. So, you know, you don't hear <laughs> well, about it. Well, they have the rights and they want people to watch yeah. exciting games. And, yeah, you won't hear about it from the Fox coverage. So, yeah, there's a whole lot wrong with the World Cup right now. Well, I found it funny that the re- the quote-unquote reporters for Iran were asking the Americans about you know discrimination and civil rights issues. They're clearly turning a blind eye to all the bad things going on in their own country with a lot of protests and unrest and people who have been killed over it. So, so yeah, here's as political as I'll get. The Qatar and all in a lot of Middle Eastern countries that are struggling with these human rights issues, they're trying to both sides this by pointing out a lot of the United States mistakes, and they are many. The U.S.'s problem is that at times we're racist and jerks to each other. Their problems are certain people don't have basic human rights. We've moved past that. Yes. They have not. So, yes, you can try and both sides it. We're kind of messed up as a country, too. But, you know, pot meat kettle. <laughs> yeah, vastly, vastly different. And it's, and it's worse. But, again, this isn't a political show, so I don't want to get too deep into that. But uh, on the subject of the Utah Jazz, I start 10-3. and three, And I looked it up at the time, and there was, I forget the exact number, but like out of I think sixty-seven ish, you know, sixty to seventy teams that had ever started ten and three since like the NBA ABA merger, only two of those teams had ever missed the playoffs. Well, yeah, started ten and three. They're now twelve and eleven. So, um, yeah, they might break that trend. Yeah, it's been rough uh, this stretch, and it clearly shows how important Mike Connolly is to this team. Uh, he's missed uh, five straight after hyperextending his knee. Um, they were kind of on some shaky ground before he got hurt, but they lost some games and they had won some games. Uh, but he, not him not being in the lineup affects how they how they are with their spacing, how they are with who initiates offense, getting guys to where they're supposed to be, and and not having him as long as they've had them. It's just this team has just really gummed up the middle. There's the spacing is off. Guys aren't really sure of where they should be. So the timing is not right. Where they're on the floor is not right. And so they have to resort to some hero ball, which doesn't suit them the way this team is built. So that's one thing on offense. Mike Conley's absence has nothing to do with how they're playing on defense necessarily. But this team has slid. Also on, on on defense, they're not fighting for def- how they used to defensively, and so opponents are able to have some pretty big quarters or even big halves on this team, and the Jazz have a hard time figuring out how to stop them. Um, granted, now part of that is you know, the Mike Connolly absence is somewhat related because, like last night, it was a quick turnover. Chicago comes down, and it's a catastrophic turnover. It leads to points right away. Will Hardy calls a timeout. We got to get our stuff together, guys. Okay, next possession. Jazz turn it over. Chicago comes down real quick and scores. Will Hardy calls another timeout. Guys, let's settle down. Let's get this figured out. They come out, another turnover. Chicago runs down and scores a bucket. And so 
is that a lot of turnovers for Utah, which are leading to fast break points uh, and just easy opportunities for the opponent. And so that does reflect what your defense looks like. When you can't, when you can't execute very well on offense, it can lead to easy buckets on the other side. Yeah, defensively is the defensive side is where I was most worried about this team because I felt like offensively they had enough. Granted, they have exceeded my expectations offensively, mostly with uh, Lowry Markkinen um, performing the way he is, you know, borderline all-star in terms of his offensive production. Uh, Mike Conley, though, he exceeded my expectations in just how much he's glued this offense together with his passing in and just leading the offense. This offense worked like a machine with him in there. And, you know, there's a knock-on effect where the bench isn't effective because they're moving guys up in the rotation and and they're not and the bench units are having to play with different people. And so Mike Conley, it's just his loss is being felt so much because his offense isn't quite as smooth. There have been times where they've moved the ball effectively. Um, and it's part because obviously Mike Conley wasn't a one-man show. There were other guys doing things. You know, Kelly Olenek has at times been spectacular as a facilitator. Right. Being able to attack from the outside, driving in, but then he dumps it off, and they're basically playing five guys who can pass and you know move the ball, you know, put the ball on the floor and, and drive and pass and kick and shoot. So they've been able to do some of that still, but it's just not working as well because the biggest piece is missing. Right, and there's no true backup point guard. Um, you know, Colin Sexton, he's a scoring guard, and they're trying to get him to be a facilitator. And he had six assists last night. Jordan Clarkson had nine. So, I mean, these other guys who are scoring guards are trying to become point guards, but that's it's not in their nature. And so it's harder for them. Now, Sexton is it was one of the, the great designs of this team is to have Sexton be an understudy to Connolly. And that looked like it was going well while Connolly was on the court and available for the team. But now that he's not, you know, he's struggling a little bit more with that. And you're right. There are multiple guys who can initiate offense. Talon Horton Tucker, we've seen that at times where he brings the ball up and initiates the offense. But there's no, that works in stretches when Connolly's on the bench. But for entire games or stretches of games, we're seeing it's just not working. Yeah, especially for closing, because there's guys who can get a bunch of assists. But there's a difference between being able to get a bunch of assists and being a great passer. Mm, And Sexton is showing the ability to get a bunch of assists. Donovan Mitchell is kind of that way. I always wanted him to learn to become a better passer, and he has, actually. He's learned to have more pass in his wheelhouse. But there's a difference between a guy like Donovan Mitchell or sometimes just any, you know, great scorer. They can just pass the ball and get an assist. Mike Conley, you know, created offense through his passing. And yeah. nobody else on the team is doing that. Yeah, I mean, last night, 30 assists on 41 made field goals. I mean, we're kind of dogging on this team for not passing the ball or initiating offense. They are moving it around, but they're not the, – the, the spacing's not there. There's someone that doesn't have that presence to kind of direct traffic. And that's what, what Mike Connolly does. Um, but – that's just one part of what's going on here. The other part is this team with the turnovers uh, in these stretches where they look lost on offense and they they put up a bad shot, and the other team comes down and quickly gets something in transition. And that's what's really plagued this team. And even when they were on their, their winning streak, they had these stretches where defensively they were not very good, but they were so good offensively they could overcome that. Um, and this it's... It's unraveling for this Jazz team. So uh, how much of this will they really dig in to try to correct? 
or just give guys minutes to get them development and play, and we're going to feature some guys just so we can flip them and uh, and trade them for other assets. Right, so we're going to get to a couple of texts. We'll certainly have to talk about that more uh, later in the hour. Want to get to a couple of texts, then a break. Uh, five three three. He asked earlier, where did where did Calvin Tyler end up on the all conference teams? Uh, he was second team, um, which is about where he should be. There were several other better running backs than him, so you know he's like fourth in rushing yards. So it was a good recognition for him. I thought yeah. it was appropriate. Uh, he hit the over a thousand yards, and I think that's that's right. Yeah, um, nine three one five had a couple of them, uh, a couple of texts in. So I think the Jazz just need uh, to shoot half court shot for a. For a record, uh, if the player is not taking them on offense, Coach Pullum, they'll do the two things, make us tank, and also fun to watch. <laughs> so just, just have, chuck it just up. Logo three. Once you pass the, the timeline, just chuck it up. How many half-court shots beat the NBA record? I don't know, probably seven. <laughs> Most teams probably don't have that many half-court. You can find, they record heaves as a stat. Yeah. They're, they can be tricky to find, but uh, we're going to take a quick... Interesting uh, strategy there, 9 3 Yeah, that's a good way to end the, the game uh, losing 121-9. to <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the stat that blew our minds and our players of the week next on 106.9 The Fan. Happy holidays from Birch Creek Golf Course. For your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com. Birch Creek's online store offers punch passes that are on sale at the spring sale price, as well as driving range passes and discounted golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. So for your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com and enjoy Birch Creek's virtual online store. And happy holidays from your friends at Birch Creek. It's back. Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th. Pick a pearl at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cars. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Why do Santa and Mrs. Claus shop at Daryl's Appliance? It's easy. It's a Black Friday sale like no other. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. Save up to $800 on select Maytag, Whirlpool, GE, Beko, and Frigidaire appliances. Plus, you get their limited Black Friday pricing. Need financing? No problem. Get 12 to 18-month deferred interest financing. Don't forget our no-risk warranty and the Daryl's difference because service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. 
visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, president of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. back full court press jason walker eric fransom and talk a lot of utah state also utah jazz or i guess the mountain west all conference teams and the utah jazz we'll get back to the utah jazz in a, in a bit here there's certainly more to talk about than we went through but first we got to do the stat that blew our mind and the player of the week so we've been handing these out every week or so as long as you remember to do it <laughs> And we have fancy music, but I didn't preload that, so I uh, I can't play that for you. Even though we have time, sort of. Uh, yeah, sort of. Sometimes it's kind of rushed, and we don't have time to yeah. do it. So uh, let's start with uh, Stat That Blew Our Mind. And uh, Eric, I'll have you go first. Okay, so I, I actually had to go with one from today. Uh, and this was to for the U.S. men's national team in the FIFA World Cup. They did not allow a single shot in a half for the first time since 1966, they're 21-0-1 when leading at halftime under this coach, Craig uh, Berhalter. Uh, and that one draw was just earlier in this uh, this tournament when they faced Wales. Hmm. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. They're, they're pretty good at holding a lead. Um, oh, do you have something else? No, but okay. the fact that they didn't allow a single shot. Yeah. In the second half today, I mean, that's incredible. That's why it was frustrating the way they played that second half. Just parked and made a shooting gallery for for Iran. Nuts. But uh, uh, my stat, um, it's something I've actually already mentioned on the show, and we'll talk about this with uh, uh, Rob Nielsen. I may or may not bring it up, but um, Utah State beat... New Mexico, UNLV, and then San Jose State to win the conference tournament. Well, Utah State lost to New Mexico twice. They got swept in the regular season. They also got swept by UNLV in the regular season. Overall, between those two teams, Utah State lost uh, by a combined score of 12 sets to 5 in those two teams. Well, wow! in the conference tournament, they won those games 3-0, 3-0. So it, it just kind of blew my mind in that sense that not only did they beat them, they just about ran them out of the building. I mean, it was not like it wasn't a blowout by volleyball standards, but it was a sweep against two teams that not only they hadn't beaten, but in the case of New Mexico, they hadn't even come close to beating New Mexico, and they just swept them. So it, it, Very it impressive. Did, it did kind of blow my mind there. Very impressive. Uh, player of the week, Eric. Uh, I got to go to the NBA and give it to Avika Zubats. For the L.A. Clippers, who will be in town in Salt Lake tomorrow. But uh, just the other night, 31 points, 29 rebounds. I mean, unheard of from from Zubats. You don't hear those kind of numbers out of him. But here's what's also kind of impressive. He was the first player to 
put up 30 points and 25 or more rebounds on 80% field goal shooting and at least 80% field goal shooting since Shaquille O'Neal did that back in 2004. So it's a, it was a very rare kind of performance out of Zubac. So what you're saying is we've got a new Shaquille O'Neal on our hands. <laughs> For one game. For one game. <laughs> Just the one Just game. Just the one game. Uh, As so my player of the week, I'm sticking with the volleyball team. Gonna go, gonna go uh, to volleyball. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna say her name right. I very much apologize. Uh, Shelby Kaplanch, I think, is how you say this. Uh, she was the Mountain West Tournament MVP. Hit a 303 for the tournament. Averaged nine, 3.9 kills per set. 21 digs, four aces, couple assists, and a block throughout the tournament. Wow. So. There you go, tournament MVP. And I probably watched some of those aces because there was a stretch where I think she might have been serving where it was against San Jose State because I watched most of that that final. Um, and yeah, there was a stretch where they got a lot of service aces and, and helped them out in one of the sets. Very so. good. Now five three three eight agrees with you. He did. Player of the week is the USU volleyball team. Incredible run to win the conference tournament, and they're going dancing. I'm not talking about homecoming. Yeah, they are going to the NCAA tournament, and uh, we're going to take another quick break here. We'll talk a little bit more Utah Jazz to end the hour, and then at the top of the hour, uh, we plan on having Rob Nielsen, the head coach of USU Volleyball. We'll get a chance to talk a little bit more about this championship team that we have in the Valley, so that'll be coming up next here on 106.9 The Fan. Not sure what to give for a holiday gift for family or employees? How about a gift card to Beehive Pub and Grill? Receive a voucher for a free gelato with a $25 gift card purchase. Or a voucher for a free burger or sandwich of your choice with a $50 gift card purchase. Take care of your coworkers, employees, and family with a gift card from Beehive Pub and Grill. Open 11 to 8.30 weekdays and 11 to 9 Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill is perfect for the holidays. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young, Drive Young. 
It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. As we close out the first hour of our show, uh, Eric Franson has unfortunately left the building. He had something come up today, and uh, he's he's got to go off and uh, spend some time with his family. It's nothing bad. <laughs> the way I just phrased that, it's nothing bad. He's just, um, it's just something he's got to go off and do. So uh, it'll be me for the uh, the rest of the show, the rest of the four o'clock hour, and. The entire 5 o'clock hour. But I won't be alone at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll have uh, Utah State Volleyball head coach Rob Nielsen on. Um, first, want to kind of finish out uh, some uh, – well, you're, I'll get some of your texts. I was wanting to finish off on the Jazz, but we have a couple of texts coming in. Uh, 9 through 1, 5 with a bit of a suggestion. says, uh, how about the full court press come up with their own Mountain West Conference awards? You could do awards like dumbest coaches take of the season, most crazy stat of the season – Worst coaching hire, of, worst coaching hire of the year, uh, best player of the conference missed, uh, biggest dumpster fire, and so forth. And yeah, there's there's certainly a number of awards that could probably come up with. I once came up with a list of, uh, you know, those kind of like weird awards for the NBA. Even had names for them too, like naming them after like former players. Um, maybe that's something we could try. Might focus it on Utah State specifically, but maybe do it with the Mountain West Conference Award. It's not a bad idea. A lot of people have done those fun awards, and they can be really fun things, just picking some weird category and then giving it to somebody. Um, 8968 texts in, says, uh, last year's football team may not, may not have had a lot of conference players, but I would take the championship over that any day. And, yeah, that's, that's certainly something you would take, where Utah State didn't get all the individual accolades. Um, I guess the argument that you put the best player, you know, put the best players in the best team, you know, you, you know, if you win the conference, then you should have at least close to the most amount of all-conference players. But that wasn't the case last year, and then this year, for some reason, you know, Boise State and Air Force get a couple of guys over some probably more deserving Utah State players. San Diego State randomly gets like you know seven or eight, you know, first and second team selections. I don't know. There's there's a whole thing with Mountain West awards that 
hard to make sense. Um, 6113, Texan says, congratulations to the women's volleyball team. That means one more banner in the spectrum. <laughs> Athletics refuses to update. I actually saw somebody mention that. I guess I hadn't been aware of that. Supposedly the Athletics not updating banners in the spectrum. Do they update the basketball ones? I think they do. But the women's, uh, the, the volleyball championship banner from like 1980 or 1970-something is uh, it's in the Estes. Um, and you can find, I think the trophy is in the uh, the North End Zone complex. I think, I think I went and saw it one time. I was walking through there and I saw it. So we'll see. They'll certainly have another trophy. But just finishing out with the Utah Jazz, we have a few more minutes here before we close out the hour. With, with the Utah Jazz, it's a tricky situation now because we've seen a glimpse of a team that's really good. We've also seen how this team can be pretty bad. You know, you go 2-8 and eight through 10 games. Their last 10 games, they've won two times. And this is close to the team we were expecting, a team that was good offensively, might compete. They have good pieces. They're not a bad team, but they're not a good team, and they're kind of, I guess, below average is, you know, what you'd call them. Um, and this is one of the things I was thinking of because Mike Conley, he's a guy who's had injury troubles especially as he's gotten older, missed a lot of games. Right now he's missing games. I think based on the timeline, he's fairly close to coming back. I think there was an initial like two weeks is what he was supposed to be out, and I think we're like a week and a half through that. I mean, we're, we're like five or six games removed from his injury. So we're getting there as far as uh, him supposedly coming back. But the thing is, you know, can – the Jazz still make something of this season. Because we, I came in all on the you know tank note. The, you know, let's, let's just tank. Let's get a top five pick. And then the Jazz started winning. And I bought into the Magic. And right as I bought in, right as I said, all right, we're throwing the tank out the window. Dump it into the ocean. Or dump it into the Salt Lake, I guess. I... That's when the Jazz started falling off again. Right as I accepted, okay, the Jazz aren't going to be bad. Let's lean in. Let's maybe even start thinking about trading for some other young players and and build the team up. That's when the Jazz started falling apart. And now you're facing a situation, well, is the team bad enough to tank? Well, no, probably not, especially if Mike Conley's healthy. This is a team that is looking like a fringe playoff team so long as Conley doesn't miss significant amounts of time. And so your options are be the eight seed, you know, get into the play-in and then get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Or you can trade a player, like trade a, a Mike Conley, which, you know, I wrote down on my notes, the po- just writing down on my notes the possibility of Mike Conley being traded. It hurt. I do not like the prospect of trading Mike Conley because it, it'd be worse than losing Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert because we all love Mike Conley. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were obviously the, the symbols of success, of having a great basketball team. But Mike Conley feels like the soul of the Utah Jazz, much like he was the soul for the Memphis Grizzlies for even longer than obviously he's been in Utah. He feels like the soul of the team, you know, both on the court and off the court and just with the team in general. So the Jazz are facing a tricky situation where tanking isn't the greatest option, 
but you're now in a position where it's it's going to be hard to have real success. So again, uh, that'll do it for this hour. We'll have Rob Nielsen up next. And Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. After being selected 20th overall in last year's draft, Steelers rookie QB Kenny Pickett is still trying to find his way. But like other quarterbacks, Pickett needs time to adjust. The rookie QB has started eight games. Hard to expect an inexperienced player to perform, especially at that position. But last night, a breath of fresh air. Despite not throwing for a touchdown, he went 20 of 28, leading Pittsburgh to a win over the Colts. As it stands today, Pickett still has a long way to go to be the face of the franchise. He has just three touchdowns to go with eight interceptions and boast a QBR of just 46. But you can't be too hard on a rookie quarterback. Pickett has shown improvement over the last couple of weeks. And with an impressive supporting cast, that could be some promising news for a franchise that's been struggling to find a reason to celebrate this season. Last night will certainly help that. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.